The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So, Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about dog training, a woman's way. And this is really apropos for us since we have our new puppy after Rado passed on last year. We have our golden retriever who's now a 75-pound puppy who we're learning. So I've gotten such a kick out of reading this book, Lipstick and the Leash, Dog Training a Woman's Way. And as I'm reading this, and this is by Camilla Gray Nelson, and as I've been reading this book, I've realized that You know, our animals teach us so much about life and conflict resolution, and they teach us about managing our anger. And with Rado, who was such a a very easy dog to train, he taught us about unconditional love and really taught us about so many things. And now this dog is teaching us patience, and he's teaching us how to be disciplined ourselves and how to do a lot of different things. And, and of course, this book is really wonderful because it's teaching me a lot as a woman, realizing that my six-foot hus- six husband is um, gets more attention than, my, than me as a five-foot-two woman and what I have to do differently. So I'm really getting a kick out of this. But let me tell you a little bit about our author, Camilla Gray Nelson, and she is the author of Lipstick and the Leash, Dog Training a Woman's Way. I got a kick out of this because Camilla Gray Nelson was born on a dairy farm in Petaluma, California. So whenever the little girls were playing with dolls, she was playing with cows and gathering eggs and, you know, playing with her ponies and really being involved with uh, her friends who had four legs instead of two. And uh, so she, you know, went on with her life and became very involved in many different things. Her first job worked for the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, and she was a spokesperson on TV and radio for them in the San Francisco Bay Area. And then she went on to do some other things, and she later, uh, with the Nevada Department of Labor, she helped women enter the trade union apprenticeship programs for carpenters, electricians, and plumbers, and ironwork, and all sorts of other things like that, trying to empower women. And so then she later became, you know, because of her love of of animals and her upbringing, she ended up being a professional dog trainer and decided that, again, she wanted to empower women to be able to train their dogs and be the alpha dog with their own dogs. So that's, uh, I thought was really cute when I got the book. So 
she decided to write this book, and we'll find out a little bit more um, so that we wouldn't be frustrated as women. But I think there is a lot to be said here about how we deal um, effectively with when we get frustrated, we don't get angry and scream at our dogs because that isn't going to get us anywhere, and it doesn't get us anywhere with our two-legged friends either. So uh, without further ado, I want to thank you, Camilla, for joining us. Well, thank you, Mari. It's a pleasure and an honor to be your guest today. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about why you wrote this book. It's it's very, very cute book, by the way. Thank you. It was, fu- it was fun to write it, and I realized that I needed to write a book like this years ago when I um, entered my professional career as a dog trainer, which I didn't plan on, by the way, just that people started asking me for help with their dogs. And I started helping, and then one day I decided I should charge, and the next thing I, I knew I, w- I w- had changed careers doing what I did naturally. It doesn't even feel like work. <laughs> but what I've noticed over the last 25 years, and tens of thousands of clients, most of whom are women, they all have the same basic issues, and that is a lack of respect from their dog. Mm. They, they had dogs that they loved and dogs that loved them, But when it came to minding, to truly being obedient, to to listening, the dogs were giving them no never mind, as opposed to their husbands, whom they gladly obeyed. And I knew the reason, even though the women didn't, because I had seen it with my own eyes within the world of animals on the farm, what it takes to be respected. And they were making all of the same mistakes. Mm. thinking that raising your voice, trying to be very macho and male, is going to get them respect from their dog. When the dog has eyes, they know you're not a man. (laughs) And they can smell. You smell different. And we can get into all those things that women are doing, which send a different message than we're intending it to send to our dog, which is our downfall. Right. So there's a lot of dog trainers out there. I know I see when, when we were trying to hire one down here, we've had a couple already, um, and we go to classes. There are a lot of them. What, what makes you really different from other dog trainers? Thank you for asking that. Um, many dog trainers focus on the training. I focus on the relationship, hmm. and I focus on leadership, which may or may not involve training. Meaning, there's a difference between teaching your dog the mechanics of sit and down and stay. Those, if you look at those, are convenient performances, which are useful to have with your dog in your life. They're useful. But those will not make you the boss. Mm -hmm. Those will not make you the leader. They will not give you status in the relationship, which does matter because all animals, humans as well, find it easier and more natural to take take cues from and follow a higher status member of their social group than they do a lower, lower status member. So you can sit and stay your dogs till the cows come home, in my case quite literally, <laughs> but, but it will not make you the boss. It will not make your dog obey you when there's a conflict of desire. Right. And it's important that we have our dogs obey us. And, you know, I think we're working a lot now on on come because, God forbid, you know, he starts to go across the street. I want to make sure that, um, you know, that he comes back. Yes. 
obedience isn't just convenience. Right. Obedience is is life saving. Mm-hmm. If your dog does not do, you are the caretaker of this dog. You're responsible for this dog's life on this earth. Right. Once you take that dog into your home, that is a heavy responsibility, and you are the one responsible for his or her safety. You must have a dog that stops when you say stop, comes when you say come. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you are, you're really shortcoming your responsibility for that dog's safety as his caretaker. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so let's talk a little bit more about why dogs are less respectful of women. Well, they're not politically correct, quite obviously. <laughs> um, in the natural world, in the dog's world in particular, uh, it is male-dominated. Mm-hmm. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's, a, there's, very, there's very real reasons for that in terms of survival of the species because the male, uh, the strongest male, has the breeding rights to all the females and they ensures healthy puppies and offspring and uh, strong and smart and fast and so that the species will continue. That's, that's why the males are the head. Right. Uh, so it's it's nothing political. It's just it's pragmatism. It's pragmatic. Right. But because of that, your dog expects a male leader. Mm. They don't necessarily expect leadership from a female. But the smart females, even in a dog world, can lead, and they and they can get what they want if they know how to play the natural game of leadership and status. Mm-hmm. And, and isn't that true for us as well? Yeah. It's it, absolutely true for us. For centuries, just ask Cleopatra. Right, right, <laughs> right. You know, and, and that's so true. Women in the working world now, you know, they it has been a man's world. It's still a man's world. Yes. And they have to learn leadership skills. You know, I teach negotiation. I teach leadership skills. And I know that um, they in order for them to have the kind of power, and I don't mean power to hurt someone, but power to influence others to do what they need them to do, they have to have those same leadership skills. So it it very much relates. Because we are all the same animal under the skin. Mm -hmm. Humans are more highly developed, and, and we've come to walk on two legs. But the animal instinct, there's a reason we're in the animal world, uh, in, scientifically. Yeah, yeah. And, and the internal instinct of the social mammal in particular is the same. Yeah. We follow leaders. We ignore weakness. Mm-hmm. We, def- we look for our own self-interest when it comes to, you know, uh, when the push comes to shove, it's our, it's our own survival that matters before right. others. Right. It's just the way it is. And... Don't get angry as a woman if the working world is male-dominated. Male. It's just nature. It's the way it is. Right. Work with it. Right. Learn how to work within, swim within those, that, 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 that tank of sharks. <laughs> right. Survive and rise to the top. Exactly. Don't waste time complaining. Like you said, it is what it is. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the biggest mistakes or biggest challenges that women have in training their dogs. It'll sound like our training our husbands as well. <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention that that is my next book. You know. But anyway, <laughs> be that as it may. I don't want to give away too many secrets. My publisher will be mad. Okay. But I do allude to those similarities 
all through the book, as you know, yes. because you've obviously read yeah. it. There's many examples of my mother, uh, other powerful women. All the quotes in the book, just about all of them are from powerful women. Yeah. And um, I find that inspirational myself. One of the greatest, ch- the greatest challenges we've already mentioned, it is that from the get-go, we're not taken as seriously mm-hmm. as our male counterparts. But then what to do with that is, becomes the woman's challenge and her problem. She doesn't know what she's doing. What you don't do, number one, is get angry and try to bully your way to power. Yeah. And the reason that, the real reason that doesn't work goes back to our common animal instinct. It doesn't work for women in the workplace and it doesn't work for dogs. The bully in the dog pack is the weak dog, not the strong one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the true, the true born leader, and leaders are born, the true born leader is confident, quiet, soft-spoken, but a steely spine. Mm. They know exactly what the rules should be, how to enforce them, and they do so without anger, but also without apology. Mm-hmm. Without apology, but without anger. So women's biggest problem coming to me over all these years has been their emotional extremes. When, they get, when their dog does not behave, they raise their voice, wag their finger. Get, they get emotional. Mm-hmm. And they get punitive. And that is a mark of weakness to the dog. Therefore, the dog's behavior either does not improve or, more commonly, gets worse. Mm-hmm. Instead of understanding that true strength is communicated by the setting of boundaries, rules and limitations imposed on another is how an animal gains power and keeps power. The rules. If you did nothing other, let's say your dog didn't come when he's called. If you did nothing except calmly go get the dog, bring him to where you called him to come each and every time. If you did nothing but that, you would have power in your dog's eyes. You know what's been so funny that I I noticed with um, his name is Jupiter, like King of the Gods. He thinks he's King of the Gods. Aptly named. (laughs) Yeah, that was a big mistake from the beginning, right? (laughs) Anyway, some would would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we call him Jupy for short. But um, so I'm trying to get him to come, and and he'll. What I've been doing lately is I say, "Come," you know, Jupy, come, and then I stand there and I don't say it ten times. I just look at him. I stare at him. And this dog will stare at me for a good 15 seconds and then come. So, here's what he's doing. Let me tell you. He's testing me. Here's what he's doing. No, he's going through his checklist of questions. <laughs> they have a checklist of questions. The first question, before they turn training into obedience, he knows what you mean. Right? <laughs> oh, he knows. But obedience is something, it's about power. Yeah. Not about what they know. So, it's the four questions the dog asks. First of all, they look at you and say, who's asking? <laughs> And do you outrank me in the social status? Right. That is the first question. If you cannot answer that satisfactorily for the dog, the conversation is over. Right. You answer. The next question is, can you make me? 
And closely related to can you make me is what if I don't. Right. Because there must be some consequence, some consequence for not obeying, even if it's just that I don't get to do what I want. Mm-hmm. And then the, the fourth question they ask is, well, what if I do? <laughs> and that's the one that, that we forget to answer for our dogs. We forget to reward them. Oh, yeah. We forget as soon as it does, then it's like, good. You yeah. are so smart and yeah. handsome, and, and don't you Yay. love it when you do what mama <laughs> says? Because we forget to do that. The yeah. dog goes, well, this didn't turn out as great for me as chasing yeah. the rabbit. Yeah. So I'm going back to chasing the rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's really funny because I could see him staring at me. Yeah. And, and I just see him like, it's like the wheels are turning. It's He's so funny. He's going through that checklist, Mari. He's going He's asking that, himself all those questions. And as soon as he starts to move toward me, I go, good boy, good boy, you there know. You yeah, and I do that. But it's just so funny. It's like. It's hilarious. They're, they it are is, so You know, because my, my last golden was so easy that I'd say, come, you know, Rado, come. And he would come in a heartbeat. And, of course, I'd say, good boy, good boy. But, I mean, this one, I can just see all those questions that he's going through. Well, do you remember the chapter, this whole section in the book about tellers and askers? Yeah. And the fact that nature makes intentionally different personalities so that they naturally slot into that hierarchy we're talking about without conflict. Yeah. They willingly take the lower or the middle or the higher status right, links. Right. So you had what was what I would refer to an asker before. He asks, "What can? What more can I do for you?" Yeah. A south of center, if you will, dog. Yeah. And now you sounds like you have a north of center. <laughs> I do. A dog that says he doesn't ask; he tells you how it's going to be, <laughs> exactly. and then he asks, "Why should I?" Right. You see, he's like that two-year-old continually. <laughs> why? 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 And so now you really have to. Pull out those skills that luckily women have skills, leadership skills, if they develop them, that are greater than those typically in the male version of the human. So the, 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 the skills of empathy, intuition, patience, those are skills of a good leader that if you develop those along with your, your clarity and your willingness to follow through on rules, you, you can be stellar at leadership. Well, I think that's what he's teaching me. I think our animals come to teach us something, everyone. And, and, you know, like I said, to have to go from someone who, from, you know, Rita, who only wanted to please, would do anything to please. It was just so incredibly easy. And then to have one who says, hey, you please me. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you please me. And, yeah, and it's teaching us so much about we, you know, we know that we have the we're the ones that have to learn. We we recognize that, but it's uh, it is it is a challenge. It, it is definitely. A challenge. But the skills that women can learn from reading this book and training an animal in this natural way, yes, the skills that you can learn are so transferable, starting right in your own home, yes, with your own partner. Yes. With your children, I use it every day with my employees, and I have a lot of employees at my brick-and-mortar dog training school, my kennel, 20 to 25 employees at any given time. I use all of my dog training skills 
to manage my human employees. Yes. Making them feel appreciated, being respectful, but also being very clear yes. about the rules. And, and consistent. I am not apologetic about enforcing them. Yes, and being consistent. Consistent enforcement, consistent yes. rules. Yes, otherwise there, is, there, there are no rules. Right. If there's no consistency. Exactly. It's not a rule then. And boundaries, and boundaries, you know? I mean, it's like I have to close every bathroom door. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, he gets into the toilet paper and is all over the house. I mean, I have every garbage can uh, up on the desk, you know, until he learns. And, you know, I just don't, and I have a little gate up that he can't get up the stairs to destroy everything up there. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, I keep telling him, I said, you know, the more you behave, the more freedom you'll have. That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. And you'll, and you'll spend time reading that chapter of Woman's Kryptonite <laughs> and avoiding those three elements that rob you of power and give him more. And, yes, it's, it's going to be such a great journey. It, yeah, And it you is. will feel so accomplished at the end. <laughs> if I live through it. <laughs> good thing he's cute, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very good thing that he's cute. So, we, you know, we're both learning about this. We, we keep laughing. We're learning patience. We're learning patience, you know. And uh, so now I know why people don't get puppies anymore. I mean, I've, had, I've always had puppies that grew up, but I'm just realizing... This one was, uh, you know, this one was, you wanted a puppy? I'll give you a puppy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you had an interesting mentor growing up. Tell us about Piggy the Cow and and what she taught you. I did indeed learn everything I know about dog training from a cow. (laughs) 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 When I was about, oh, I guess four, five, six, I don't know what, and some, some very early age, and again, all my friends had four legs because we lived out in the country. Um, I, my best friend was my father's dairy cow named Piggy, and she was the undisputed queen of the herd. And the cows would part like the Red Sea when she would saunter up to the feeding trough <laughs> because she was the epitome of the strong animal leader, confident, quiet, not prone to violence, but very, very sure of herself and what was okay, what was not okay, and what the rules were going to be and how to enforce them. Mm. And I didn't really realize until later on, you know, in retrospect as an adult, what that cow really taught me about the qualities of leadership. And the fact that she was a female is not lost on me. Um, but she got everything she wanted I never saw her fight, but I did see her, you know, land a few well-placed shoulder blows, you see. <laughs> um, just to make a point, just to make a point, you know, for the, the new heifers that had, had just arrived and weren't quite clear on the, the social graces and mores of our herd, you see. And so she schooled them right away. And then they all got along famously, and there was peace in the kingdom. Right. And that's what I learned from Piggy. <laughs> Leadership is understated, and strong. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, in your book, Lipstick and the Leash, which I, I think is such a cute name, and, and I love the cover here, it says uh, you talk about boundaries instead of cookies when it comes to obedience from your dog. Why don't you tell my audience about that? Again, um, a, a treat will teach a performance behavior, and, and, there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I teach my dogs to sit down and, 
um, all those things. And a treat is a treat answers the question, "What if I do?" Yes. Uh huh. However, if there are no, I don't allow that. See, a boundary is what you don't allow. Teaching a dog to do something for a cookie has not that has nothing to do with a boundary. Right. Right. That's, that's a performance, a training right, performance. Right. Right. A boundary is what you don't allow. Right. And so a boundary must be set. And if that boundary is crossed, there must cross. There must be some sort of consequence. I'm not talking. I'm not talking beating your dog or something, right, you know, punishment. Right. I'm talking about um, something that denies the dog something he wanted, something that is slightly uh, unpleasant. Right. See, like that shoulder bump from Piggy was a slightly unpleasant cow to cow. Right. Um, that was her boundary that she enforced. But a boundary that is enforced is, as we just said a couple of minutes ago, it's what creates the power the leadership hierarchy. The dog that can enforce boundaries, not not give away more cookies, but the dog that can enforce more boundaries has the higher status in the group. Mm-hmm. Such as, don't walk ahead of me. Right. When we walk. That's a boundary. I will not allow a dog to cross. Mm-hmm. That That is the biggest boundary that teaches that I lead, they follow. Right. Not right. allowing the dog on the sofa. Well, I the do sofa that. is a boundary for me. <laughs> or the bed. Especially if I have, I have a north of center, more dominant dog. <laughs> it's more important that I enforce those boundaries than it is if I had a dog that was just a pushover. Yeah, yeah. Those boundaries don't come into my formal living room. I mean, they can be physical boundaries as well as behavioral. Yeah, yeah. Don't jump on me. Right, that, that's the Those one. Those are boundaries. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. I'm not going to turn around and wait till the dog stops jumping. That's not a boundary. Right. I'm going to actually stand tall. I might take my little um, uh, can with, with ten little pennies, quietly, calmly, but clearly give a little, and I'm going to do it for you right now on the phone. Okay. Listen. Do you hear that? Yep. Just that mimics. The reason that works, if you do it calmly, is it mimics the mother dog and her bark. Mm. When she barked at her early learning puppy about what's not acceptable, the mother dog starts boundaries immediately, and then there's more boundaries set by the rest of the dog pack as that puppy learns, you know, is weaned and goes off into the pack. So boundaries are part of natural development for all of us. Think of our children. If we don't set boundaries... Don't touch that hot stove. Don't run into the street. Don't cross without holding my hand, darling. Those are boundaries. That even you boundaries and you be- enforce. Even boundaries between loved ones. Um, uh, of a friend course. of mine and I are writing the book, uh, you know, Fighting for Love, and I have a whole chapter in there on boundaries between yes. lovers. You have to have boundaries. Boundaries is part of nature. Yes. And it's part of our social dynamic, regardless of what social species we are. Boundaries is part of life and the fabric that, that creates harmony. Harmony is created through boundaries and status. Yes, yes. Well, we have just a little bit of time left. Let me just ask you just a, a, a couple questions here. Um, you know, you have a little thing on freedom and status. Can you give us just some, some bullet points here? on? Yes. Okay, just do yes. that for a few minutes. Freedom 
is the source of all behavior issues with your dog. Right, <laughs> right, right. The only dog in nature with unlimited freedom is the alpha dog. Right. So whenever you give your dog freedom, you're also giving him status. So be careful on the amount of freedom that you give your dog. Boundaries are better than freedom. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and we have to follow through on, on everything to make sure that they do it. If we say sit and they don't sit, we have to make them sit, right? Yes. <laughs> I always say your rules are your foundation. Yes. Your follow-through is your strength. Yes. And your serenity is your power. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's the one I keep working on is my yes. serenity. Now, now, I have to laugh. Like you said, thank God he's cute because uh, <laughs> that makes it a lot easier to just look at him and just laugh. Just yeah, a, I've his had character. Like yeah, thank yeah. God they were cute or they wouldn't have been around. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, we are out of time. So this is a wonderful book, Lipstick and the Leash, Dog Training a Woman's Way. But it's really about training as a leader no matter what right camilla exactly i don't look at it just as a dog training book no. that's that's the that's the the secondary benefit. yes so why don't you just give your website and it's time for us to go um you can find more on lipstickandtheleash.com you can also order the book on amazon lipstick and the leash okay thanks so much camilla we can't wait till you have your next book out thanks so much thanks mari it's my pleasure bye-bye You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Minerva and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.